What's up, everyone? In this business breakthrough, I sit down with another Tanner. Um, this gentleman is a potential business owner. He reached out to me, really kind of just asking some advice on what type of business to start. Uh, we dove into that a little bit, but more so uh, the systems, the mindset, the standards, some of the processes that he should have in place to get off on the right foot. So even if you obviously own a business now, this could be a really good episode for you uh, because what we're really talking about is kind of uh, the best way to get started, which some of us, you know, maybe didn't get off on the right foot and we're kind of trying to learn those things now. So uh, we hit on a lot of those topics. So check it out. It's a really good episode. The big question you need to ask yourself every day is, do I own a job or do I own a business? And unfortunately, the majority of contractors out there own a job. That's right. They're a slave to their own business. But the other side of the fence is so much greener. It's so much better. And that's when you're finally fully in control of your destiny, your freedom, your time. And that's what Contractor Secrets is about. It's about taking back our time, building a business with systems, standards, values, procedures, putting yourself in the driver's seat. And that's what it's about. So I'm excited. I'm happy to have you here. Let's dive into the Contractor Secrets podcast. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Business Breakthrough. I'm here with Tanner, and this is great because I haven't shared this, uh, this podcast with another Tanner yet, so I think it's going to be a good one. Um, little background, I know very little. Tanner reached out to me on Reddit and kind of just gave me a kind of little bit of a synopsis on his situation. So uh, wanting to start a quote-unquote sweaty business, contracting business, doing something, not sure what it is. Currently a police officer, dabbles into a couple other things. Uh, yeah, I used to be a mechanic. So you used to be a mechanic. Yeah. So leaning a little bit toward, um, you said possibly lawn care. Yeah, that's okay. what I was mostly interested in. Gotcha. So let's start. Let's start with um, any major like outlining outlying questions that you might have in terms of kind of you know what direction to head in. I know you still haven't chosen anything yet. So aside from lawn care, why don't we start like maybe any anything else that you're potentially thinking of starting. Um, just kind of looking at businesses that kind of have a low startup cost right now, just because yeah. they don't have a lot to invest. Sure. Um, so I know service-based businesses are kind of the best to get into for that. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I was mostly interested in. Yeah, so definitely. And, that, and that's going to, you know, be the case, you know, and, you know, especially early on, um, I'll kind of, you know, kind of, I'm going to start hitting you with some questions that I have. Have you ever owned a business before? No, I have not. Okay. Never owned a business before. Um, have you ever, do you have any management experience? Do you have any experience hiring people, anything like that? Um, my father and my grandfather have both had um, painting businesses. Uh, okay. As they were more like industrial painting where they would okay. have like assembly lines and paint booths and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I have some experience kind of running their shops, but gotcha. as far as running my own and the business side of it, I, I haven't done that. I think that, you know, the experience of seeing them run it is, is still beneficial, you know, um, and I'm, I'm a painting business owner and a majority of people that listen to this are painting contractors. So probably going to lean a little heavy, heavy toward the painting business because I can give you a lot of insight on that. Okay. But either way, you know, it, it, it just, you know, any business would be good. We're going to go over a couple of points that I wrote down that I wanted to make sure that you, you lock in before you make a decision. Okay. Um, the question is, where do you live? What state? Uh, I live in Florida. Oh, you're in Florida. Okay, yeah. cool. Me too. Nice. <laughs> All right. So, so uh, you're in Florida. Um, Central, South, or North? Uh, Central Florida. Okay, cool. So we're right around the same area. So let me kind of give you an idea of the benefits of a painting business. And I'm going to come from the perspective of some three major pillars. Now, you could do this with a vast majority of businesses, but 
we'll start with these three pillars. The first is questions you need to ask yourself. Number one, can this business be scalable? Okay, right. because if you're not thinking scalability in the early stages of starting a business, then you're really setting yourself up for a stopping point. And by scalability, I mean, essentially, um, can you grow this business to a point to where you're independent of it? Right. And, and that's kind of, the, you know, a lot of the times I'm kind of trying to reverse the cycle of people that have created businesses and gotten so tied into the actual production aspect of running the business that unfortunately reversing that cycle is kind of like them starting over again. So if we can kind of narrow that mindset out in the beginning that you're coming in as an owner operator slash CEO, who's going to be stepping out of that role of operator, right. then, then you're going to be much happier. And I think that maybe the new, new, you had a new baby, a new spark of motivation. Um, you know, you probably want to spend a little more time with your family. Definitely. So yeah, well, starting a business in the beginning, that's not going to happen. But the idea is that you grow it to a point where yeah. you ultimately own your time. Okay. Well, so, that, well that was one of the points, like watching my father run his business. Yeah. Um, he never got to that point where he could kind of step back and take right. more like a managerial role. He was sure. always involved and never really got to take vacations or things like that. Yeah. So I'd like to build a business where I can have people run it and kind yeah. of, you know, step back a little bit and be able to take vacations and spend some family sure. time. Yeah. And that, and, and seeing that grow up, same thing with me. My father was a painter. One thing that maybe you and I differ in, in terms of that, that dynamic is your dad, you said something about a shop. So he actually yeah. had a physical location that he had to go to every day. Right. And, and I assume that this was maybe 10, 15 years ago where technology wasn't even close to where it is now in terms of, you know, doing virtual estimates and saving him a bunch of time for maybe running to do job, job quotes. Or I know yeah, that you said he was, Industrial. He was very old school. So he okay. ran everything off of QuickBooks. He didn't have a website. Um, obviously, yeah. he started it in the early 90s, um, okay. pretty much when I was born. Yeah. So he, uh, you know, it was a pretty old school business. But like I said, he never got to the point where he could really be hands off. And yeah. he spent a lot of time there, you know, weekends, holidays, things like that. Wow. And like I said, I'd like to, I'm coming at it from a different mindset where I would like to put people in charge that can run the business while I'm not there. Yeah. And one thing that I would say is that, again, it doesn't really matter the business. It, it could be painting. It could be, you know, I, I would say that there's there's categories of business. Like, uh, let's start, let's kind of dive into that for a second. So if you were to do an HVAC business, that's more of a, like a quick service type of business. That's multiple, you know, multiple, you're dealing with multiple people in, in one day, right? Appointment based. Hey, right. come, come service this, come fix this. You know, and then you have um, lawn care and maintenance, which, again, is that rapid, you know, that rapid scheduling. You need to do 10 yards in a day to make, you know, 400 bucks for that day. And then same deal with pressure washing in some cases where you have to do five or six houses in a day. Um, right. Painting, granite, flooring. Um, let me think roofing. Those four just in that category. These are what I call pipeline businesses. So essentially the person has to start off with an inquiry and then they get a, a presentation and then they go through various channels to actually lock in the job. And then that job has a set date. And then that set date, you know, obviously once that's done, you move them through the pipeline and then you probably won't service them again for another four or five years, you know, unless they do the inside of the house, if you're an exterior painter, if that, if that makes sense. So, so right. you kind of have to, you do kind of have to narrow down that aspect of like, you know, what, what it is that you, you want to do. And personally, in my honest opinion, the, the latter, the one I just described, is going to be a better option. And if you're thinking lawn care, there is a category of lawn care, and that would be landscaping that, okay. 
that falls within that that pipeline type job, you know, type profession. Does that make yeah. sense? Right. You know, so so ultimately the idea is and you know, and and we talk about scalability. So that's the first, the first that's that's number one in, in our direction of where we're heading. The Definitely. second, the second thing that I would say is very, very important is ease of employee acquisition. Okay. And, and this is, again, this starts off when that foundation is, I'm, I'm going to scale this thing to get me out of the business. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get to a point where I have team roles. I have, you know, systems, processes, standards in place. How hard is it for me to bring on somebody to do this actual job? Um, and you think about it, you know, if you were a drywall contractor, that level of skill to be a drywall contractor is, is very high. Um, right. if you were a, let's say a, a foreign contractor getting quality people to come in and install. I see you got some nice tile floors there, man. That's not easy work. Right. You know what I'm saying? You need to know, have somebody in those angles and knows how to cut. Right. Um, yeah. uh, landscaping. If you get people that want pavers installed. Right. So you're thinking, dude, like, you know, so these are some things that you should think about. How hard is it going to be for me to plug someone into the system? Let me tell you about the painting business. Okay. Painting business is, is straight application. In other words, you do not have to alter the surface or structure. When right. you don't have to alter a surface or structure, that immediately lowers the bar in terms of skill set necessary to do the job, do the task. Okay. So that's okay. why I'm a huge fan of the painting business because not only do I have a massive pool of potential customers and clients, on the flip side, I have a massive pool of potential employees and workers that don't need a high level of skill to be plugged into our system. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so and that's when I was looking for a business, that was kind of the key points I was looking for is something that's, uh, that has scalability to it and something where it's not really hard to train somebody to do it because with my father's business, he kind of had a hard time hiring people because the painting that he was doing was very technical. Right. So it was, it was hard to get employees. You know, he basically had one or two painters, um, for the lifetime of his business where sure. he, and he wasn't able to replace them. Right. Um, granted when they would, you know, step back and take breaks, he would kind of jump in and do the work. But obviously since he was kind of running the different side of it, um, he wasn't, he kind of lost the skill set that he had even. Yeah. So that's kind of the tough part with having a business like that. Absolutely. And, and that's why I, 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 that's why in the order of operations here is scalability. And then can I bring on people? Cause really what I'm trying to help you do is narrow down a profession. Right. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, doing so is, is, you know, what the good news is, is that you're not coming off of the profession and saying, I'm going to start a business in this profession. Like you're really coming out from a business standpoint of, which profession is going to be the most profitable? Which profession is not going to require me to, you know, devote my entire life to this profession? And what profession uh, is in high demand and has a good labor pool for me to, to you know, because the whole purpose of a business owner is to is to to meet supply with demand. That's your job, right. you're a middleman at that point. All you're doing is finding the need and filling it. That's another that. question I had for you was how do you determine like the the demand for a certain service or, um, you know, a product or something like that? Uh, it's a good question. There's two ways. You can either create the, the demand through uh, a certain, you know, certain marketing campaigns, marketing channels. You can you can make it a desirable uh, demand. Uh, number two, market research. You know, I think, you know, we all know that if the economy is doing well and we're in the trades, then people are going to want their house maintained. You know, right. um, you know, we know that if there's a recession in our economy, then 
We know that the trades usually take a hit, you know, but also what's really interesting is though that, you know, you have need-based and you have want-based desires when it comes to this sort of thing. So for example, in the painting business, we service need-based and want-based. Not, we're not, we're just not, we're just not um, a, you know, a, a desire we're not just a commodity. You know, there's people that move into their houses and really can't get settled in until the, the walls are painted. Right. We provide a service that helps people uh, get a quicker return on their investment. You know, so that's 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 the beauty of it is that we sort of do have uh, a hedge against, um, you know, a recession in that regard, because we do have some sort of need base like. You know, um, I'll give you another example. A, a roofing company is, is highly need based. I mean, it doesn't matter what's going on. There's a hole in your roof. You yeah. know, you can't really you can't really live. Now, I know that painting isn't going to be to that scale and that level. But if you live in an HOA community and you have an HOA, whether the economy is doing well or not, HOA is still going to find you if your house looks like crap. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> so, so the idea is, you know, in, in any case, the, the, the baseline is, is that you want to find you do want to make sure that you're fulfilling a need and not just a um, I would say a commodity. Now, Grant, let me give you let me ask you a question. If you were a granite installation company, would you say that that's leaning more toward need or want? Um, I guess it depends on the customer, you know, because some might look at it as a need. Some might look at it as a want. Um, well, let's let's paint the picture of a recession. <laughs> definitely a need in that. In that well, definitely a want, you mean. Oh yeah, I want. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's what I'm saying is like, you know, thinking about what type of business to start again, if that happens, which could yeah. totally happen, we don't know if it does happen, then you ultimately have a business that people really don't need yeah. um, as much as they would if they were moving into a house, they know that the walls are disgusting or if they're trying to sell their house and they want to make more money, you right. know, painting it is one of the number one things you do. Definitely. You know, painting and then flooring, you know, those yeah. two and then granite countertops and kitchen would probably fall in line after that, you know? So I'm just giving you an idea of, you know, it may be 80% need, 20% want. I'm just saying that it leans a little more heavily toward need. So when you're making right. a decision, that's something to consider. Okay. okay. Let's, do you have any questions at this, at this point? Um, no, basically these are all things that I've had in my mind, you know, doing all the research and stuff like that. Obviously yeah. I followed all of your Reddit posts. Thank you. Very um, <laughs> the, uh, I wrote a lot of stuff there, man. So that means a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Well, definitely the biggest thing that I was like interested in is the hiring process, because obviously yeah. a lot of people that start sweaty businesses have a tough time hiring either qualified people or people with good backgrounds and stuff like that. Somebody that they could trust with their business, you know, right. so that that post was really a really eye opening for yeah. me. Yeah. The hiring process, um, you know, is really just, you know, it's, it's interesting that hiring is the most important thing that you'll ever do in your business. If you go to right. a great restaurant and the restaurant could be amazing and the food could be amazing, but if your server sucks, then the experience is lost. Then it's the same thing. If you have people that do amazing work, but their attitudes are poor and they're not friendly and they don't create a fun environment, it doesn't matter. You know, the people, you right. know, so, so for me, I understand in, in the, in the residential industry that really matters. And I think that you are leaning more toward the residential industry more than any sort of commercial or any, any anything. Cause the residential industry is you know where the money's at you know that's right if i know that you could paint a walmart and make two hundred thousand dollars but you know ultimately the time that it takes to acquire that is the same time that it would right. take to paint x amount of jobs that's just the way i see it so we're, well, we're big, big on residential i think with the current economy you know and the, everything that's going on i think residential is like you said there's more money in that now because of the commercial is taking such a hit um, it is with the, with the economy and everything. Yeah. And, and one thing that I always thought that, 
you know, in the beginning, I honestly thought this when the pandemic came, like, man, we're going to be screwed painting. Who's going to want painting done? When people spend time in their house and they yeah. see it and they're looking at it, you do. I mean, we're we're busier than we've been before the pandemic, and it's yeah. it's it's great because you know we're able to to survive. And in business, that's the secret, the goal. Definitely. Me. So the hiring process. Um, so so essentially, kind of going to give you some insight on on the way that I started my business because maybe this is the direction you'll go. Okay. Number one, you need to be doing the work in the beginning. You need to be doing everything. I mean, I'm talking, you need to be learn. If you don't, if you do a profession that you don't know how to do, then you need to do it. I mean, just right. learn it. You know, and I'm a big proponent of if you own a restaurant and you don't know how to cook, ultimately, if the cook doesn't show up, your, your customers don't get served. Sometimes as the owner, you got to jump in the kitchen and your job is to prevent that from happening. Right. But you don't want to ever leave that up to chance. So for me, learn the skill that it is that you're going to be starting a business on. That's going to be number one. Um, okay. Number two, identify team roles off the bat. What you want to be looking for is somebody with way more skill than you at this profession, which would be almost anybody. Chances are, because you've never done the profession, so you want to find somebody that can you can you can sell the vision to. And essentially, that's that's what you are. You're you you have to be a salesperson not only to your customers but to your employees. And the word salesperson doesn't mean to be. You know, you're not sleazy and like, you know, you're not, you know, you know, manipulating anybody. I'm just saying you have to sell them on the idea to work for you instead of someone else. Right. And that's, that's the reality of it. So, so when you have that person that you know that can do the job well and then you put them through the hiring process that you filter them out to be a good person, from there you work side by side with that person, you know, and you, you learn the dy- dynamics of a paint job. And I think the best thing you can do is be very honest and say, look, man, I'm a businessman. But I want to learn the trade. I'm going to work side by side with you. I'd love for you to teach me, you know, and I think you'll gain a lot of respect with that person. If it's the right person, um, you know, absolutely. And, and, you know, even when you sell jobs, you should be telling people that you just started out. Definitely bring up that you're law enforcement or you're pre, you know, and definitely. I mean, I, these things, the, you know, the character is what people buy and they, they trust that in this industry because it's so rare. Um that's kind of where I'm going with that. So hiring process, you just want to, the first person you should hire is somebody with a level skill that can do almost anything. Good character. Now that's to me a unicorn, but it can be done. <laughs> you know, it can be done. Especially right. Now uh, there's a lot of guys that are working on their own. that are having trouble. Um, they're, they're those owner operators. Okay. Those are the guys that really don't know how to run a business. They just kind of survive by word of mouth. Every so often, man, they do a quick peek on Craigslist, a quick peek on Indeed, you know, for that stability. And around the holidays is when that, you know, that stability starts creeping, man. Like, you know, I, I can't get people to, you know, around this time, first few weeks of January. So it's a great time to, to scoop a high quality person up. Okay. You know, but we still need to figure out what type of profession you need to do. That's going to be key. So what are you leaning towards? Um. Like I said, I'm leaning towards lawn care just yeah. because right now I have all the equipment available to me. Yeah. Um, I would like to start eventually, like I said, my own mechanic shop. That's really like the goal I want to get to. Yeah. Obviously, with all the equipment that you have to have, I do have a lot of tools myself, but there's other equipment that you have to purchase for that business. Yeah. Um, obviously, it will require a lot of startup capital. So that's why I said I was leaning towards the lawn care business because that's kind of a business I can start and you know acquire customers, you know, go around and just do great work and through word of mouth, hopefully gain more customers and, you know, build the business that, that way. Yeah. Let me tell you what I love about the lawn care business. Okay. The, the, the lawn care business is phenomenal to sell. Like it's one of the most sellable businesses 
because ultimately you're pretty much building a book of business that can easily be transferred to another individual. I mean, the best, right? Because these are returning customers. These are people that are going to call you back. These are people that every two weeks, I mean, and the standard of the lawn care business is so poor in the residential industry that, you know, I mean, there's just not enough quality people that could do lawn care. Um, The best lawn care companies are taking on the commercial work, the big jobs, the schools, the the retirement communities, the parks, like, so that vast majority. So don't get intimidated. I don't know if you have, but there's plenty of room for you in this business. Okay. One thing that I will say is that this is a business that eventually, in my opinion, within the next five or 10 years will be automated. I mean, with robots cutting grass, man, it's going to be the norm, I think. I mean, okay. In my opinion, I mean, it's something that can be automated. Maybe not Another, everybody will buy a robot, but if it becomes yeah. affordable, I will. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> another thing I was interested in was actually doing like epoxy floorings, um, okay. like garage floor coatings. Absolutely. I've done um, Oh, you have? I have, yeah. Okay. So one thing about epoxy flooring, um, I think that's a great niche to get into, man. I really do okay. I think that... I think it's something that you can do and learn and get really good at. And obviously it's scalable. It has, it checks all my boxes. Honestly, it really does. It's a specialty. So you get to have that customer experience. I mean, the end results are amazing. A couple major points about that. Number one, you want to get a grinder, a floor grinder. If you're going to do epoxy flooring, don't make the mistake I did of thinking I could acid wash everything. And right. It peels, it blisters. You run into and it's just so freaking hard to repair. I ruined someone's garage floor once. It was a oh, wow. complete disaster. I've went down that road. I actually was trying to. I was going to set up a side business of epoxy, and I learned that I'm just good at what I'm good at, man. We, <laughs> we paint we paint houses, but um, yeah. that's the one piece of advice I could give you. You can finance the machine. I think Sherwin Williams will finance it for you. It's seven to nine thousand. So okay. it's a big boy, but let me tell you something. You have that machine you're immediately light years away from your competition. And what's really cool is that if you go to Sherman Williams and you tell them, Hey, I'm looking to start an epoxy business. Can you get me in touch with your epoxy representative who who does those machines? They will actually do a training for you for free on that machine to try to sell it to you. So they'll show you how to use it. They'll let you use it. They'll bring it in the back. They'll actually grind up some epoxy. So you can actually get free training on this, dude, from the Sherwin Williams rep, bro. You go there and you tell them, hey, I want to start an epoxy business. Can I talk to the the representative, uh, the sales rep? Dude, they'll give you free products to try. They'll teach you how to apply the, the coding because they want you to buy it, you know, right. and, and give to your customers. And then they'll touch base. Then they'll get you involved with the representative to grind the floors. So. Okay. I mean, that's a that killer business that there's no, I don't think there's another trade that you'll get that sort of concierge service to start yeah. right off the bat. And you know, yeah. if you think nine grand over the course of, I think it's a five year loan on it. You're paying 200 bucks a month for the grinder. But what I would do is I would get a van, throw that grinder in there, you know, and I would hire somebody, just a painter to work alongside me and just go through the trainings with that person and literally train him up to be an epoxy flooring specialist. One thing that I would say is that you always want to have two guys on it because a lot of the epoxy coatings are time sensitive. So you make sure that they're able to work together without it during, you know, I've done an epoxy, two car epoxy garage floor by myself once. 
and I almost took too long to where like it was like drying in the bucket. It was a disaster. I've made every <laughs> mistake you can think of, but wow. I'm here to report the good news of giving you some good insight on how to avoid them. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's I'm excited that's a- about that. I mean, the long term, <laughs> but you know, if you go the epoxy route, man, then yeah, I I think that would be cool, man. I really do. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's the route I was leaning more towards because, like I said, I like cars and garages and things like that. Your, your mechanic shop when you're done. When you yeah, definitely. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> so there's two types of epoxy. You have um, 100% solids epoxy. Well, there's probably a hundred types of epoxy, but these are the two that you'll probably be dealing with. It's called hundred percent solids. And then you have a water-based epoxy. hundred percent solids is the, it's the money stuff, man. That stuff is amazing. If you do some research, you could really dive into, you know, they'll, they'll mail you samples for free. Like you could really, you know, you do your own garage, Yeah. you know, or do your grandmoms or something before you ruin yours. If you need, you know, then your grandma okay. will forgive you. You know. Yeah, I've definitely, I've done a lot of research. So I know, you know, okay, the diamond cool. grinding, that's, you know, that's the most important step to yeah. it. Um, obviously the prep work, you know, as you know, with painting, it's, it's really important to get yeah. a, a solid um, adhesion to it. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> so they have polyaspartic coating. So you really kind of just narrow down what works for you, man. You do it a bunch, you know, and, and that doesn't just have to be garage floors. You can extend out to pool deck patios. You can extend out to porches and different things like that. So um, big business, great margins, really, you know, although it is one of those, you know, wants rather than needs, you right. know, you could scale it pretty quickly and it's, you only need a couple of employees to, to start making some, some good money. You know, if you think okay. about it, the average epoxy garage floor is 15 to two grand. If you schedule it right, you could probably do three to four in a week, you know, um, because it's, it's, you know, you can't do it all in one day. In most cases you have to like, grind the floor up, vacuum it, prepare it, you know, apply the first coat. Sometimes there's a clear coat. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of the next step for you, you filed LLC. Have you, have you done anything like that? Um, no, I haven't, uh, I haven't started an LLC or anything right, right like that. I just have some domains that are registered okay. um, from some like business names that I wanted to start. Okay. But as far as like actually registering a business, um, I haven't gone as far you, as that process. Any, any business name you want to share that's at the top of the list? <laughs> um, any well, clever names come up? <laughs> uh, kind of. I mean, I kind of wanted to go in like my father's footsteps. So Ooh. his business had the word protect in it. Nice. So kind of like, like protect finishing, you know, that's kind of like the route yeah. I'd like to go. Yeah, I like that. Protect finishing, um, protect your floors. So if you do epoxies, yeah. man, that's a brilliant name, and I think it, I think it'll take off. I yeah. really do. Um, it sound it has a lot of uh, I, don't, I don't know a lot of professionalism tied to protect. And there's actually a paint coat, uh, paint product called Protect Floor Coatings. So oh really? Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> that's pretty cool, man. Um, yeah. Well, my, my dad actually had a business account too with Sherman Williams. So okay. I'm sure if I go there, you know, and talk to them about a, the coatings, yeah. they would, they'd be able to help me out with yeah. that. So let's talk startup because I think that that's going to be, you know, money finances, you know, you just had a baby. So I know you want to save as much as you can. When I first right. started my business, I financed every single thing with Sherman Williams at 0%. So wow. I'm going to, I'm going to go out on limb here and say that I assume you have pretty good credit. Yeah. Yeah. Very good credit. I mean, dude, they'll give you a credit line off the bat, I think for like three to five grand, depending, and you don't have to pay it for 30 days. Now, obviously the idea would be is that you sell a job 
in 30 days, you know, um, or obviously, you know, the whole thing about the business and painting is you're not going to buy products unless you sell a job. So you're not going to owe money unless you bring in money. Um, do you have any questions on like acquiring customers? Yeah, I was going to ask, like, what's the what's the best avenue to kind of like advertise your business? I mean, I know there's there's Craigslist and Facebook and things like that, but I was wondering, like, what works for you? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I use this analogy a lot, man. One thing that I always say is like, you know, leads and marketing is kind of like investing in stocks, um, you know, and you never want just one stock. You, you, the best advice you're going to get from a financial advisor to diversify, um, right. is, you know, some some lead generation services suck. Some you know, don't bring in and, you know, you just never want to be at the mercy of one. Um, so essentially you have two types of leads. You have organic and you have paid organic, you know, your website, although your website can look amazing. If no one can get there, if there's no traffic going to your website, then your website's worthless. So right. we, what we want to do is we want to drive traffic there. One of the number one places that drives traffic to website is Google. So Google has three different types of, you know, ways that you could get traffic to dri be driven to you. And I'm sure you know them all and you've heard of them. Uh, one would be, you know, obviously Google ads. Two would be the map, the map pack, you know, and then number three would be SEO. So I don't really believe in SEO anymore, especially for contractors, um, specifically speaking, because if you Google, just Google Painter in your area, you're going to see eight to 10 SEO listings of these massive lead generation companies, Angie's List, Home Advisor. You know, it's very rare to, to, to beat them anymore because they just have a full-time team devoted <laughs> to SEO for their websites. And and Google just puts out the best search ranking. You're not going to compete with them unless you hire somebody to do that. And number two, the market really doesn't look at blog posts before they call a contractor, right? So if you needed a contractor, are you going to scroll all the way down to read what he thinks the five best, you know, paint coatings are and, and you know... <laughs> So you're going to look at the map pack or you're going to look at the ad. So those two are where I'd focus, right? So if you have the map pack, the goal is to get as many reviews on Google as possible. Okay. From the start, I have the most reviews of every, any painting company in my area. Okay. Wow. Um, and essentially just off of that, we get people just trust us. Oh, most reviews, five stars. Cool. Call in premium painting. You know, super yeah. easy, right? Um, and then the Google ads I, I did in the beginning. Um, again, once I got the, the top rating on Google for the map, I didn't have to spend money on the ads anymore. Okay. I feel like naturally people see that as kind of spammy unless they're, you know, it's kind of spammy up top on Google. So they see they, the, the majority of people go to the map and see their local companies and then choose from there. So that would be a major focus is Google for you in the beginning. Now, okay. talk paid real quick. Depends on what you do, bro. I mean, honestly, if you go long care, um, I mean, you could really just, I would go right to uh, property managers. I would go right to, um, you know, and this isn't really in the paid category. This is like your boots on the ground, but I would get, I would get into the communities, HOAs, let them know that, you know, introduce yourself, you know, all that stuff. But if you're in the epoxies, if you're going the paint route or you're going one of those pipeline contracting businesses, you're probably going to want to go with like home, home advisor, uh, okay. Angie's list, you know, thumbtack. If, if the value of your service is greater than a thousand dollars paying per lead is worth it. That's okay. kind of my rule of thumb. Now I have friends that have pressure washing businesses. They don't see as much value in paying per lead because the cost of their services is only like 150, 100, 200 bucks. Right. So between that and the driving and paying an employee, 
they're making 50 bucks on washing a house. That's not worth it. But if you're shooting for 1500 almost three grand on an epoxy, that's worth it to spend, you know, a hundred hours on a lead. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I think we've covered a little bit of production. We've covered some marketing, um, a little bit of uh, licensing in Florida is pretty lenient. Um, okay. depends on what County you're in, um, for painting and lawn care. I, don't, I think you just need a pulse. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then you're really, it's just, you know, in, in sales. Now, do you have, do you have any sales experience, any customer service experience? Um, not directly. Uh, obviously when I was like a mechanic before you kind of have, have yeah. to sell the job. True. Um, so I do in that sort of aspect, but as far as like a direct sale as like a salesperson, I haven't worked a job like that before. Okay. Yeah. So in, in terms of sales, like, you know, when you own a business, you just got to wear all the hats. You got to wear your production right. hat and then you got to wear your administrative answering the phone hat. And then you got to wear your marketing hat and then you got to wear your sales hat. And then the idea is to get help and get people to wear those hats for you. So you can wear the dad hat at home. <laughs> this is my dad hat, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm um, so, you know, ultimately, you know, the sales process really is just the, the, the better your ability to convert those leads into paying customers is going to minimize how much you spend on your marketing, right? Because okay. if you have jobs, you don't need to buy leads or you don't need to advertise, you know? So, you know, right. once you figure out what it is that you do, um, being able to sell that and convey your message is going to be obviously key. So I'll give you kind of a quick tip on paid leads and any sort of lead services that you purchase. If you do go that route, you want to be the first one to call. And then you want to call often and frequently until either they tell you that they're not interested okay. or they block your number. I mean, that's just how the game works because usually with these companies, you're sharing that lead with other epoxy companies, assuming that you go that route, just as an example. Okay. And that's going to be the key. And then getting in the house and doing the presentation is a whole nother story. Hopefully I have an opportunity to help you with that. If you go that route in the future. Yeah, definitely. I, I really appreciate all the information. I mean, it's, it's been some really good knowledge. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah it's a lot, man. I mean, it's a lot. Did you get a logo yet? Um, or an working on it. Yeah. Working on it. We need a business first. Yeah. So I think yeah. we'll, we'll figure out that. So what's the time frame and when you want to jump, jump out and, and start. Um, I'd like to start as soon as possible because like I said, right now I'm on a break from work okay. um, until basically February. So I kind of have a good, you know, almost two months where I can start a business and hopefully get it off the ground, get some customers and get everything started uh, yeah. before I go back to work. Yeah. Um, the good thing about my job is I think I told you in the post uh, or the message that I work 15 days out of the month. So I have plenty of free but days yeah, where I can, true. I can run my business. Um, and you know, I have, I have basically more free time than somebody that works like five days a week. Yeah, that's so. very true. That's very true. And I, I yeah. So um, you didn't say house painting. I think you should add that to your list. I think house painting has is the best business you could start, honestly. And okay. in terms of the things that I said in the beginning, in terms of ease of entry for employees, it's at the top. Scalability, okay. it's at the top. It's one of the best businesses in the world. It's the only yeah. contracting business that you can sell the same value on the outside or greater as you can in the inside. So you see your walls, so you could sell, I could sell you your walls, your trim, your ceiling, your doors, your closets on the inside. Then I can go outside, I could sell your walls, your trim, your sockets and fascia, your gutters. So there's so much opportunity to sell at this scale. Definitely. 
you know, so that's kind of why I'm, I'm really interested in the painting business, but I think that'll do it for today, man. If, if you have any other out, outlying questions. Um, I was just curious if you, if you know, because you're in central Florida too, do you know any other like industries that are kind of in like high demand right now? Really? I mean, everyone's moving here. So, you know, right. um, are you near Orlando or are you near Ocala? Um, I'm closer to the Tampa area. Closer than... to the Tampa area? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, the influx of people moving here is just insane. Really? Right. Anything, look, even if that wasn't the case, bro, even if it wasn't the case, <laughs> people aren't buying your service. They're buying you. And you have to understand that the majority, the vast majority, maybe 90%, of homeowners are sick and tired of the poor customer service, the poor workmanship. They've either yeah. heard of a poor experience, either have gotten taken advantage of. I mean, the list goes on, right? So you're selling you. And ultimately, if you go in with that mentality, there's no competition for you. There is a there is anyone with a pulse and that lives inside of a, a building with four walls is your customer. So it's not necessarily like what's in the most demand. It's can you be there for when the demand is in need of the service? Are you going to be visible? And that's that's the that's the name of the game in whatever uh, business that you start, in whatever contracting business you start. That's the name of the game. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, like I said. That's some really good information. Um, yeah. Like I was telling you before too. A lot of uh, there's a lot of new developments going up by me, and I know. Like I said. I was kind of leaning towards the epoxy flooring because I know that the the developers they don't coat the garage floors or anything. They a lot of so them like offer a, it. Oh, they do a lot offer of them it. Offer it to the customers. Yes. So the they're, oh, not, okay. they're not stupid, man. They know that they yeah. can, they they will add on. Usually it's just it's just at that point they're so done with dealing with the builder that they they're just like, "No, we just want to move in our house. No more delays." But majority of the people who have a need for that service will um, you know, we'll, we'll take advantage of it with the builder. But one thing that I thought of, if I were to go that route, the property appraiser website will give you mm -hmm. anyone's information that just bought a house. So you get with a good direct mailing company. I don't knock direct mailing, even though we're in the 21st century, everything is, you know, obviously digital, but the direct right. mailing company for anyone that purchases a house, they know how to target them. That would be a good little niche. Um, to advertise to those new, you know, those new homeowners. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I mean, you have next door, man. I mean, there's just so many things that, you know, it's just, it's not so much like, you know, the service you're going to provide is going to be excellent. It's can you, can you be there? And again, that's my big point is, can you be the person they call? And if they, you know, if you have X amount of opportunities in a week's time, people interested in your service, you're going to get X amount of sales. And the whole purpose of your sales process is to increase that number. Okay. Yeah. You know, cause if I do like 20 estimates in a week, there's a certain amount of sales I'm going to hit. You know what I'm saying? Regardless, right. you know, and the goal is <laughs> just increase that, increase that. Okay. Did that answer your question a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. Cool, man. Well, I think we should jump on again once you figure out uh, what it is you're going to be doing, man. I appreciate your time. Yeah, no, I appreciate it too, man. Thank you. All right. Hey, I just want to take a second to thank you for joining me here on the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Um, I'm just going to take this opportunity to let you know that my passion is coaching people, helping people. Um, I've changed my Instagram name to at Contractor Coach, and I did that because that is my passion. I want to help you. So please reach out to me. If you have an issue going on in your business, send me an email 
find me on Instagram, message me, and let's do a breakthrough session. I want to work through your problems in your business to help you get to that next level. And, and one thing that I always say is this, you know, the difference between those that get over the humps and the hurdles in business is just a change in perspective. And that's what I plan to offer you. So get with me, message me, allow me to help you take your business to the next level.